You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation Units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast with your hosts, Mike and Matt. So this episode, Tending the Body, Move and Eat. So we say move, movement and exercise. So that's what we'll talk about for this episode. Um, So let me ask, for those that might be having trouble relaxing, right, or even focusing, and I'm sure We've all been there, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I just can't focus. It's hard. My mind is racing. Um, you know, so between, you know, between that or even just nervous energy, I know for me, a lot of times I'm like on edge or, you know, agitated or whatever it might be. I'd, I'd ask you, you know, hey, if you, same deal. If you could take a pill for that, you know, Ritalin, Prozac, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, hey, if you're feeling that way, you should go immediately and, and, and get those prescribed to you. But uh, I'll say it this way. If there were an activity wherein you could derive the benefits of Ritalin and Prozac in terms of focus and anti-anxiety and relaxation, would you avail yourself of it? I'd hazard a guess that most people I are going to go, sign me up, man, especially if it's cost-effective. In this case, all about free. about magic pill. Right? No, exactly. So exercise, cardio. So studies have shown that a good bout of cardio is like a little bit of Ritalin and a little bit of Prozac. So I know myself, I can speak to it. I come off a good run, whether it's, you know, hey, a couple miles or, you know, a longer run or even, I'll say, a CrossFit, you know, high-intensity Training, you know, workout, elevated heart rate, I feel pretty good. Um, and just like the saying, yeah. right, a little bit of Ritalin, a little bit of Prozac, I feel, number one, very focused, you know, because, woof, you've got that blood pumping, all of that. But at the same time, almost paradoxically, you're, you're pumped, you're ready to go, but I really feel centered and, uh, and relaxed, you right. know, a lot of that might just be, you know, exhaustion, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I do, I feel really centered and also I'm a big believer in that. So again, the scientists can say that, you know, the exercise physiologists can say that the psychologists can say it and they have, and they do, but I will say myself, I've experienced that it. plenty yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. So what about you? I mean, same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. And I'm, you know, I have to relearn this all the time. I'll be in a great, you know, several years of exercising great, and then you fall off, or, and 
when you get back on, you say, geez, why do I ever stop? Cause it feels so much better, you know? And then whatever circumstances, you know, next thing you know, you've let it go. And so it's always hard to start again, but um, yeah, for a fact, I know that you just feel so much better, so much more attuned. So no, what you said totally resonates with me is I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I'm pretty regimented, you know, I'm in pretty good shape, but there are times when it's like, Hey, everybody sloughs off especially those longer runs. You're like, I don't feel like doing them. You hit it right on the head. I come off of that and I might be kind of quasi suffering while I'm doing it. Like, Oh my God. But on the back end, I just feel so great. Right. I'm like, Oh my God. And every time you're glad every, you did it. That's exactly it. Right. You know? And so, I mean, it's like eating, right? It's like eating, but kind of the opposite. You're like, Oh, this jelly donut. So good going down. And then on the back end, you're like, Oh my God. I feel like, I could go to sleep, you know, cause that insulin spike and right. you just feel horrible. So while, you know, it, it, it satisfied and, you know, satiated you, but the downstream effects of that are like, why did I do that to myself? Yeah, sure Exercise like, like the opposite while you're doing it. You're kind of like, ah, this is tough. I'm exerting myself, but the benefits on the back end, both immediate and even long-term are profound. Right. So it, it's really an investment. You know, so the other thing we'll talk about too is nu nutrition, you know, along those lines. So same deal, you know, you can, you can eat a bunch of crap <laughs> and immediately satisfy and yourself and it's easy to do, right? It's like that whole Everywhere slight edge thing us. that we talked about. Yeah. These practices, exercising, eating right, or the antithesis, right? The converse, not exercising, not eating right. They're easy to do and easy not to do. And, you know, you plot that on an X, Y, you know, axis, right? Along, yeah. that, along that X axis. And you can see that over time, the benefits are exponential. They might be incremental up front over days, months. But in the but long term, you're going to derive, right. you know, a, a, an exponential benefit. But by the same token, you know, those little things you think that aren't hurting you day to day, over time, the months, the years, you're like, oh my Lord, how did I become obese, hypertensive, diabetic? How did this happen to me? Well, it didn't happen overnight. Right. Just like getting in shape doesn't happen overnight, but it's that insidious onset that'll creep up on you if you're not careful. I like that insidious onset, because right. it really does. Next thing you know, it's been you know six months and you haven't gone to the gym or you haven't walked or it's like... It could have been winter cause it because it's so miserable out or whatever it is, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, incremental, insidious, that, in, I like in, it. Insidious onset. I yeah. mean, it sneaks up on you and next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, how, how did it come to this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, that is hard. Or, you know, you've even mentioned to me that you run into somebody that says, no, I, I know all this and I do all this. And you look at them and you say, I can see that you don't. You know, right. and um, people think, but, but maybe they did and were very regimented about it four months ago or whatever. You know, it's, it's a tough one. You got to stay on. That's exactly it. No, so we'll talk, you know, eating and moving. So moving, we'll say as a proxy for exercise. So on the low end, hey, get out, move, walk, do something. And I know, you know for some people that might be listening, 
They may have injuries. You know, I know I've had, you know, multiple reconstructive ankle surgeries and I wasn't moving a whole, whole lot, you know, when, when that happened, but you've got to do something. You do the bike or you do, you know, you, you know, upper body, whatever it might be, you know, an older person, same thing. So move, do something. And if you can exercise rigorously, hey, do that as well. Um, eating, uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll speak to that. But I bring up the flywheel as we did in the last episode, but for those that maybe missed that one, Here's what we mean by that. So sleep, eat, move, and then breathe, breathing, good breathing, diaphragmatic, deep breathing, cross-cutting. It affects all of them. But you can see where sleep begets good eating habits, begets movement. They're all related to one another. So uh, I like, the and Matt, as Matt pointed out, I, I like the cyclical nature of the flywheel and that they're all related to one another. They all impact one another. But then also, much like a flywheel, you know, if you want to, speak to us about that what what is it about the flow well, you know it just takes its time to get going and um rather than going from zero to six thousand rpm instantaneously it takes its time to work its way up to that speed and it's similar to how you could approach you know a workout regime as like that's what i'm doing i, I hadn't done it for a while because i get you know i got a bad back and i got bad neck and i just thought i just can't do it anymore and then i finally said well i mean gotta do it and so now i'm doing really easy stuff just to build up those areas that i'm complaining about you know core muscles and uh, back and hamstrings and that's right and all these different things um to help a foundation like we talked about last time i have to have this foundation so then i can you know move more but as i'm doing this the joints are getting greased up again that's exactly which is making it, yeah. me drink more water mm-hmm and now I was out in the yard doing some uh, planting stuff that if I would have bent over as much as I would, I, that would have probably put me in bed for two weeks. And now it's like, hey, man, I think I'm actually starting to fix some of the things that were an issue just on flywheel type exercise, like slowly. Like, I, I mean, it's so embarrassing how little I lift right now, but it's all about the weight or about the form and the function of the, of the lift, you know, so. That's right. Well, you know, we'll talk about that later in the episode. You don't lift weights, you load movements. You know, CrossFit friend of mine taught me that and I always liked it. You know, when you're fixating on lifting the, you know, lifting the weights, you're kind of missing it. You want to do the proper functional yeah. movement first. That's where people get themselves in trouble. They totally. lift improperly, they hurt themselves. They've got muscle imbalances, a lot of asymmetries, you know. You know, I know I do. I'm paying for that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you've got some sports specificity, where you've got some muscles are developed more than others, you know, whether wrestling, boxing. Mm. And now later in life, you're paying for that because now you've got orthopedic injuries and, and well, issues and, now, and things of that nature. I mean, actually, speaking of paying for it, I went and I got a trainer and right. told them my exact issues and that person studied what they could do to help me. Um, and I said, I'm very nervous about starting any kind of regime just because I keep hurting myself. Right. And so I keep doing the things that I knew how to do when I was in my thirties. That's right. You yeah. Know, and that's you're my thinking, problem. Hey, I, I should be able to do this. Yeah, I just don't know how to do and, it anymore. And you hurt yourself. Right. And so now this young guy is really, um, I'm like, this is the weirdest exercising I've ever done, but it's really improved me. So, I mean, there's ways to do it, you know, and it's, it's flywheel big time, slow. Well, that's exactly it. Building that momentum, yeah. all of those related to it, you know, so don't discount any of them. But, uh, you know, you, we talked about this before. It's that incrementalism. 
when you go again using the metaphorical flywheel if you're starting at zero and you think you're gonna get 6,000 rpms that's when the flywheel comes off the axle and ah you know and there it is you've got to move slowly and build that momentum so to your point shoring up you know your core and all the support structure again you've had surgeries i've had multiple surgeries shoulder ankle you name it and when you're coming back from that you cannot start off where you left off you've got to kind of build everything back up again and for some people you know and i'd hazard a guess you know a lot of our our military types our veterans you know and first responders all the hey tough guys and gals right they're like well i i don't want to start over i want to i want to start where i left off it's like well be careful especially when you get older because you've got that support structure you've you've got to rebuild that base it's a cautionary tale learn a thing called rhabdo myolysis or well yeah rhabdo where yeah you you just you work out so hard you freaking wreck yourself yeah it's not good yeah no but you know some of the other things too um that you know we talked about you know obviously the the incrementalism and just kind of slowly but surely not doing too much too soon you know realizing your limitations you know that hey you can't always do the things that you were doing as as a younger person and that that's okay you know make make peace with that but the important thing is to to do to do something i I think that's we'll talk about fit principles shortly you know but the key is You've got to do something. You know, you can't just say, all right, I'm going to sit back and slough off. I mean, there's always something that you can do. With all that said, let's, let's look at our uh, nutrition, right? So why nutrition is so important, right? You can't outwork a bad diet. So we were talking about this before. Hey, you know, my, my mantra when I was a younger guy, special forces guy, infantry, ranger, all that, it was all things burn in the fire of extreme activity. And, you know, I still kind of watched what I ate, but I, I wasn't too, too worried about it. And now as an older fella, I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing all, you know, the right things. And I'm still kind of not as lean as I wanted to be. And that's getting older. I get it. But you can't outrun a bad diet or you can't outwork a bad diet. You know, the other thing not is. with my knees. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. No, so, you know, the, the other things too is beyond just body composition, aesthetic and physical performance, it fuels your mind. So there's a, there's a cognitive aspect to it as well. You know, so I know if, if I'm eating something with a lot of simple carbohydrates, um, sugary, I get this real cloudy, like, oh my God, it's that insulin spike. But here's the other thing, you know, as it says here, you have more neurotransmitters in your gut than you do your head. So Again, beyond physical performance, even beyond just, you know, cognitive, if you're not feeling right, you know, if you're feeling a little out of sorts, it may very well stem from what it is that you're eating. Absolutely. You know, so some of those, you know, the uh, neurotransmitters, dopamine, norepinephrine, you know, serotonin, these are your happiness, you know, hormones and, and, and all of that. So... Suffice it to say, what you put into your body has more impact than just gaining weight and body composition and, oh, you know, I want to look good. It has everything to do with cognitive performance, physical performance, and even well-being. It goes back to garbage in, garbage out. That's exactly it. Same with your thought patterns. If you're feeding your brain negative thoughts, you know, negative actions. The same, same with food. 
That's exactly it. So, you know, for our purposes, we're not going to go into all the details. Obviously, this isn't a podcast specifically dedicated to diet. We're just going to cover the wave tops. But hey, what, what constitutes a good diet? So I'm not going to explicate every item on this list, but really what you're looking at is lean meats. You know, you need protein. I know there might be some vegans out there. Hey, that's cool. However you get your protein, but you need that for body repair. That's irrefutable. Whether that's lean meats or beans and tofu or whatever the heck, right? Yeah. You know, I like my protein, but that's cool. Um, vegetables, mostly vegetables. So there's commonality with a lot of the diets, you know, the Mediterranean diet, the paleo diet, the keto diet, this, that, you know, keto is, you know, anti-carbs, but, and I'm not disparaging any one of them, but I'll say the threads of continuity are people should be eating more vegetables than they probably are. You need to be getting the right kinds of protein for repair, whether that's through vegetables or, or lean meats. Fruit is good. It's not the enemy, but sucrose. Um, it's still, or I'm sorry, fructose, not sucrose. Sucrose is table sugar. Fructose, still sugar. So if all you're eating is tons and tons of fruit, that's still, you know, a, a big sugar load, but fruit is still good. Nuts, you know, nuts and seeds are good for, uh, what is it, omega-6, I want to say. Right. Omega-3 is your, you know, your oily fish, which are good too, and people mm -hmm. probably don't eat enough of. But yeah, I have stay to supplement away that. What's yeah. that now? I actually supplement fish oil and vitamin D and uh, yep no supplementation is important too no absolutely um stay away from the refined foods sugar is horrible for you we all love to indulge in it but you know be mindful of that don't drink your calories soda and juices be yeah. mindful of that because if you're trying to you know ma maintain a certain caloric level you, you're going to violate that by by drinking Especially juices by drinking your calories exactly yeah. everyone thinks oh this is healthy but yeah. it's such as a, a caloric load right yeah. so nutrient dense foods as um you know my, my wrestling coach when i was in high school always used to caution us against eating empty calories those are ice cream sundays right, right. empty calories no nutritional value yeah, so you know you. enjoy that sparingly but i mean if you're not deriving you know, that benefit, right? Nutritionally, um, then yeah, try to try, you know, not, not to do that too, too much. Right. St obviously still stay well hydrated. Um, food allergies. You'd mentioned that before. Right. Um, it, it's worth getting tested. If you consistently feel that, you know, I'm always bloated. I'm always, you know, I, I'm, I'm eating right. I'm eating the right things right. by all intents and purposes or for all intents and purposes, but I still don't feel quite right. You may have a gluten intolerance, lactose intolerance. Lactose so I'll throw also, again, yeah. in terms of diets, there's that whole 30 diet. And, and I'll just throw that out there. Not that I'm going to advocate for anyone, but the intent there being, if you read about that is what they'll do is they'll wean you off foods that have been known to be inflammatory, inflammatory milk right. and gluten, this, that, and the other thing. And they kind of baseline you over 30 days, hence the name Whole30. And then they'll reintroduce those things sparingly. So they'll, in, in essence, they'll isolate variables oh, wow. and, and then reintroduce one individual variable once they bait. And then guess what? If you drink milk after that or have dairy products and then you have gastrointestinal distress, well, you probably no, have lactose know. intolerance or you right. can just get tested, but hey, Bottom line, yeah, I, you, I think you that should probably be be mindful of food allergies because yeah, they're totally. subverting. And I, and I think a lot of people have no idea that um, they may have a gluten issue. I think a lot of people do; they just don't know it. Or la you know, lactose. Um, I used to be an ice cream eater like every night. Now it's no such a thing. Ice I, cream, yeah, I loved it. 
No, but I used to ride, you know, several hundred miles a week. I tried really hard to exercise and make it worthwhile, but it still was killing me. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to bail. Yep. No, I I think it's it's worth doing, you know, because as we've said, you, you dial in your nutrition, your diet. It is so much more than just body composition and aesthetic. I mean, it's got everything to do with physical performance, well-being, all of it. So now exercise, right? we'll, we'll, we'll cover some of that. So one of the principles I want to talk about ever so briefly, right, is the fit principles. So you've got all sorts of diet, or di- just like with diets, you've got all sorts of different workouts out there, kettlebells, this, that, and the other thing, and that's great. Whatever gets you moving is fantastic. But in terms of principles, I like the fit principle, right? Frequency, intensity, time, and type, right? And I would say if, from an exercise perspective, if you've got nothing else from this podcast, for this episode, t- take this away. So frequency, I would say, is, is king, right? Chief among them. And frequency is how many times are you exercising a, a week, right? Um, Intensity obviously has to do with how intense, right, in terms of perceived exertion and output. You can measure that by heart rate and a variety of other metrics, but really it's how intense is your exercise. Is it low, easy, aerobic, or is it your anaerobic, alactic, where you're just, you know, almost in vapor lock, you know, at the end of doing like some circuit training. That's some high intensity stuff. Time, duration, hey, how long and at what intensity, right? So is it a long run? Is it quick but intense? And then obviously type, cardio, strength, resistance. You've got a variety of exercise modalities that you can avail yourself of. But for our purposes, I'd like to say chief among them is frequency. And we, we both chuckle at the example that, you know, one of our buddies who's an alum, Dave, who's exercise physiology guy, you know, very, very knowledgeable. You know, he says you can exercise, you know, at a high level once a month and crush yourself. And what is that doing for you? So you had a one great workout. That's great. That doesn't constitute, you know, fitness. Whereas if somebody does the basics a couple times a week or every day or goes for a walk every day, that's going to have so much more benefit. You're going to derive so much more benefit from that. Yeah. What are your thoughts there? Well, I What's just thought it was funny how you guys said something like uh, worked out once uh, this month and like, <laughs> this just isn't working for me. I got no results, you know, and, and, and look at you with a straight face. You know, right. Yeah. Exercise do doesn't work. You know, doesn't I, work. I worked out once or twice and I'm still the same. It's just like, yeah, okay, bro. <laughs> that's, that's not the way your body works. Just like in, in the previous episode, we talked about, you know, meditating and breathing and, and all of that. Do that stuff every day. You know, yeah. it's that slight edge piece where well, you, know, you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to meditate for an hour. Have it be 10 minutes. You don't have to completely, you know, you don't have to subsist on, on, on tofu and bean sprouts yeah, every you. day, you know, but just cut out some of those things that are known to be bad for you. You don't have to do a, 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 an extreme CrossFit workout or train for a marathon. You can go right. for a walk. You can do yeah. some yoga. You can do something for 30 minutes a day and you're going to derive a significant amount of benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can breathe a little harder, all that stuff. I mean, it's good stuff. The weather is getting perfect out right now here in the spring in Kansas. It's a great time to be outside. That's exactly it. Well, that's, that's another component to it is if you can get outside and there's, um, there's science behind that as well, you know, being in the sun, you know, in terms of your sleep cycle. Totally. 
you know, getting that exposure, you know, I think that's like a, you know, an Andrew Uberman thing. Um, but there's, there's something to that. There's also studies that show, I mean, you can be on the treadmill in a gym and that's great. Better to be outside yeah. for a variety of reasons, well, you know? So to your point, good, you know, good. You know, this sounds to, to me like is, it sounds like that thing we were talking about called self-care, all of this stuff we put together. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's just regular stuff, eating, sleeping, all those things. And we can wrap that into self-care by just doing the right steps. It's pretty cool, man. That's, that's it. It's part of your self-care routine. So along those lines, hey, I'm going to quote John, John Rady from Spark, right? Where he ties exercise and fitness to overall mental well-being. What I like about this, right, you know, in, in terms of varying intensity, right? He talks about the ancient rhythms of activity ingrained in our DNA translate roughly to the varied intensity of walking, jogging, running, and sprinting. In broad strokes, when I think of the best advice is to follow our ancestors' routine, walk every day, run a couple times a week, and then go for the kill every now and then by sprinting. So in essence, what he's saying is it's hardwired into our DNA to approach those training modalities. And that's how we function the best. So beyond just, I'll say exercise physiology and some of this crazy stuff, in the next slide, I'll go a little bit into that. You know, and you're like, well, geez, what, why? I'm, I'm not an exercise physiologist, and I'm, uh, uh, periodization, I'm not training for the Olympics. Hey, that's cool. But John Rady's saying that, hey, very, exercising at these varying intensities, is how your body is wired for optimal performance. So, and what does that look like? And this is a little technical, but, and I take this from periodization training for sports from Tudor Bompa. But what does that look like? You know, what's walking the sprint and the kill that uh, John Rady's talking about? So, your anaerobic threshold, two to seven minutes, your exertion, 65 to 80% of your max heart rate. Max heart rate, for those that don't know, it is 220 minus your age, right? So a guy like me, it's about 167 beats per minute. So if I want to train at the anaerobic threshold, then I need to be like at the 140s and maintain that for two to seven minutes. And I just did a, you know, like a CrossFit type workout today. Yeah. And that kind of sucks. You know, you yeah. feel it. You're like, there, you're in yeah, vapor lock. Aerobic threshold is a good long run. All right. Hey, that's at a, at a decent pace but you're not going into threshold, right? So that's 60% of your max heart rate. Some people like the Maffetone method, right? Maffetone, a guy named Phil Maffetone, Dr. Maffetone will say the calculation is um, 180 minus your age and you shouldn't exceed that. And that's if you wanna maintain your aerobic threshold. Right. And then aerobic compensation, that's an easy walk, right? So as we, as we mentioned, for those that, it may have injuries or for older people. If you're in that aerobic compensation zone, that's still good. Yeah. That's still good. That's fine. But just trying to make it real, you know, you can speak concepts. I mean, 